On this week's episode, we talk all about driving. Da da da. We even take a little driver's test at the end to see if we truly should be on the roads, which, <laughs> I mean, stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick around. Hi, and welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two 20-somethings with the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host, Casey. And I'm your host, Cassandra. Well, we are recording this earlier than we normally would because we're going on vacation. Yes, we're not going on vacation together, unfortunately. That makes me sad. What a dream. I wish. But I'm going to Nashville in a few weeks and you tell, tell the listeners where you're going. I am going on a a mini road trip to the Carolinas with my parents, so it'll be really fun. Maybe, like, Asheville and, uh, I I keep wanting to say Charlotte, but that is not the right city. Charleston. Oh, Charleston. Yeah, no, I, neither of us have gotten on an airplane yet, but, you know, taking it slow with a little road trip, and it's really, really exciting. So that's why, yeah, we're not recording at our normal time, but we're happy to be doing it. We're happy to talk to each other. Yeah, well, yeah, we just recorded the other one just last week-ish, so it just feels, we just talk so much now. It just feels like we're back again in the right place, and also we have another really exciting announcement, and I want to let Cass say it because she was the one who, who was the brainchild of this idea, and you created it. Well, okay, so Case and I have been talking about stickers, and we love, like, I have stickers all over my water bottle, and recently she got a new one, and she was like, I want to put stickers on my water bottle, and she's like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we had a Rare with Flair sticker? I'm like, we can do that, you know, right? We can upload uh, our artwork that was wonderfully created by uh, a friend named Sarah. Um, yes, Sarah Sinclair Art on Instagram, if you want to follow Sarah, her. At Sarah at, No, at drawn, drawn by Sarah Sinclair. We can link it in the show notes, you know? We'll do that. A tanks. Of course we will, because guess what, y'all? We are selling stickers and magnets of our cover artwork on Redbubble. Yes, I'm so excited to get my sticker and my magnet. I'm going to put my sticker on my water bottle, magnet on my fridge. Does that make me a narcissist to be putting my logo, our logo? No, it's fun. We're we're proud of it. You know, if someone comes over, it's like, oh, but that's like me and my friend. So it doesn't look like you're like self-aggrandizing. Oh, of course. No, I would never just just be me. Yeah, no. So we'll link all that in the show notes. And I'm sure we'll also share it on our socials at some point too. We would love it if you would support the pod. We, we, you know, we don't make any money doing this pod. We do it for free because we love it. We truly love it and we're okay with that. But you know, it takes a lot to put this pod into production. We want to keep doing it for you guys. And actually we pay to put this pod on. We do. We pay to put the pot on. I don't know if you know that, listeners, that you actually have to pay to have a podcast. Um, so we were happy to do it. But yeah, we'd love the support um, with a sticker or a magnet. They're really cute. It's our cover art, like she said. So yeah. Yay! We hope that it'll be so cute. I need to order mine. Yeah. So today, as we said in the cold open, we're talking about driving. And I kind of wanted to explain really quickly about low vision driving. So Actually, some people with low vision or who are legally blind actually can drive, which is such a shock to hear possibly for some of you. Um, Some people with just low vision can maybe drive with a maybe a restricted license, you know, maybe they can't drive at Mm -hmm. night or other rules like that. But even some legally blind people can drive with a tool called a bioptic. And a bioptic is basically like a pair of glasses with a telescope mounted on the front of them. And you look through the telescope to read signs and all that kind of stuff. Now... Cass, Cass, I won't, I won't spoil it, but you have a, you have maybe a thing to say about, about the biopsy. I have something that has been long awaited, but doesn't come up that often. I have a history fun fact. History fun fact. Ow, ow. I love a good history fun fact. It's always you. I guess I'm not as into history as Cass is. It's always Cass. I like Googling facts, you guys. I really had fun. Like, I, I gave her, like, a teaser 
Uh, because there's actually a lot of history on bioptics and low vision optometry. So I'll try and go through some of it quickly. I'm going to link the source that I'm using from bioptickdrivingusa.com um, in the show notes so that if you want to read more about it, you can do that at rarewithflare.com slash podcasts. But in the meantime, believe it or not, case we so when do you think that like bioptics and, and these things were happening i don't know like i would guess fairly recent like i don't know like the 70s or something i don't i know the 70s isn't that that recent but i don't think you know something like that it's not like yeah yeah okay so so first of all so believe it or not the first pair of bioptics just bioptics in general not necessarily bioptic driving uh but the concept of bioptics were patented in germany in 1915, which is so much earlier than I actually ever thought. Oh my gosh. And so a lot of what we're going to be talking just That's as a crazy. preface. I know. A lot of what we're going to be talking about today is, as pertains to driving specifically with a bioptic is mostly focused on the United States. We're not aware of and uh, the of the rules for other countries that are not in the United States, and each state in the U.S. has their own rules for it. However, however, right. so when when a lot of this stuff hit the U.S., um, there was one particular optometrist who, in starting in 1932, he had an elderly patient when he was, like, 28, so he was pretty young. His name is Dr. William Feinblum. And he started pioneering the field of low vision optometry because of this elderly patient. He, like, really wanted to help him out and give them the tools that he needed. So he really tried to dig deep into people with low vision, which is really fascinating because obviously people knew a lot about blind people. But seeing someone trying to, you know, help specifically low vision people, which is a broad range. But regardless, you were pretty spot on with the 70s, though, Case, because... The concept of bioptics and driving was, uh, the first study was published in 1969, and then there was another study that was done. Yeah, there's another study that was done on 300 bioptic drivers that showed no accidents causing bodily injury or significant property damage that was done in 1977. So that's when a lot of, you know, that era is when a lot of, uh, the bioptic driving legislature was coming into play. And so really, wow. really, really cool. It is still fairly recent. I mean, I guess, I guess that's almost 50 years, but I, right, right. you know, I don't know. It, it does feel a bit recent because driving has been around for, you know, longer than that. So really, really cool. Yeah, no, that is wild. I cannot believe the, er- the, er- the earliest bioptic yeah, in the right? early 1900s. That's wild. Yeah, so thank you for the the history lesson on bioptics. So we were also going to talk about why we don't drive. Um, So Cass and I are both kind of on right on the line of possibly qualifying to be a bioptic driver. Neither of us have really, really looked into it far enough to see. And every state is different in the U.S., like we said, with their laws with bioptic driving. But we wanted to talk about why we're not even pursuing that option. So I went to a low vision specialist recently to get a bioptic, and I've talked about it on the podcast. I got a bioptic to watch my nephew play soccer and to watch other things. I'm not planning to drive with it. The low vision specialist told me, you know, Casey, your vision is kind of right on the line. You might qualify to be able to drive. The problem is, and we've talked about this so many times, we have talked about this ad nauseum on the pod. The problem is... What your acuity is in a doctor's office in perfect lighting, sitting still, nothing else going on, no other distractions, it might be 2200 there. But I'm telling you, my photophobia, which is my light sensitivity, is so severe. Yeah. And so I think it really impacts my vision a lot more. So when I, if I was out on the road, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't... Tr- it just comes down to the fact that I would not trust myself behind the wheel of a car. I just don't trust it. And I, I don't trust, like... Um, you know, uh, pedestrians, bikers. I don't trust myself to see that construction, parking lots, all those kind of things. I just, it's way too terrifying. And I don't, I personally don't think it's a good idea for me to be on the road. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I also own a pair of bioptics and I actually got my bioptics when I was probably, you know, 14, 15. 
Um, but I didn't get them with the purpose of driving. I got it for, like, the same purpose that Casey got hers. It was kind of like a, a hands-free monocular. And if you don't know what a monocular is, think of, like, a binocular, but only one of them. Anyway, um, I just, I was never really that interested. Uh, but also with, like, talking about our eyes and... You know, if you want to hear, like, a bit more about that to sort of understand it better, we have our episode on how, like, what we actually can see, uh, where we talk about the things that really affect our eyes, including light sensitivity. And, like, I think I've realized throughout my, I don't know, throughout the last year that I am pretty significantly light sensitive. I always thought that, of course, the sun would hurt everybody's eyes. But, like, I also think that I put up with it a lot more uh, growing up and, and now as an adult, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere without my hat and sunglasses. Like, no thanks. I don't uh, want to be in pain. Um, no. <laughs> and so I just, like, with biopsic driving, um, what what you may not know and what I fe- feel like I recently learned because I was just kind of looking into this recently again. So you have your monocular and you have your, your glasses at the bottom. of the time that you're driving, you're looking through the glasses at the bottom. And I don't think I can see that well just through my own glasses. Like, I wear glasses. Case doesn't. But still, I just, I I don't think that I would be able to pick up on that. Like, I've been in the car in the passenger seat just trying to sort of observe sometimes. And I'm like, I don't Uh know how I could do this. Um, no, our, our depth perception also isn't good enough. Like when we're in the car with someone and we're the passenger and they're backing out or something like I can never tell if they're about to hit a car or not. Like my depth perception is so poor. I can't tell how close I am in proximity to other cars or other obstacles at all when I'm in the car. And it's hard because you have to take into account the, the front of the car as its own space and then from there yeah. measure to other obstacles or it's even harder when you're trying to back out because of like tur- you have to turn around and account for much longer space for the, the back of your car and I know there are things like backup cameras these days but it's you know if you memorize it in one car it's not going to be the same in every car you know I just there's a lot yeah. that goes into it and driving is very instinctive I read this in a book once that um you, a lot of what you do in driving is is instinctual and so you have to be able to make quick and rapid decisions based on your instinct uh-huh. and of course like a lot of that comes with experience but I just think that it would be really hard for me. Yeah, even just being a passenger in the car, the sun hurts my eyes so bad that I can't imagine being the driver having to really like pay attention and look at everything with the sun in my eyes like that. It hurts literally as a passenger when I'm not even having to look at anything. I can like close my eyes and it still hurts. Yeah, and also it's like, another it's a nauseating feeling to be sitting in the sun like that oh, for a long time, especially just in a car. And I don't I don't fully know why, but we mentioned that in our in our how we see episode. So, I can't imagine like trying to act, have to focus through that on the have driving. To focus? Like, yeah. Ooh. Like, the mental gymnastics that would take place and the exhaustion that would take place just to get down the street. And, like, another thing that always has scared me is if you get in an accident, which, you know, it happens to a lot of people. It's a, you know, fairly common thing even to just get in a fender bender or whatever. If you get in an accident, I feel like it would always be blamed on your vision when that might not even be the case because anyone could get in an accident. But... I also don't want to say this to deter other legally blind people from being bioptic drivers. Like, this is just our personal opinion. We're not saying that it's an unsafe thing. Like, we know legally blind people that can drive and drive very safely. Um, bioptic driving isn't just something that you can do when you just get in your car and now you're good with your bioptics. There are lots of classes people need to take if they want to become bioptic drivers. And depending oh, yeah. how restrictive the state is, uh, I know in the state of Ohio where I live, they force you to have to take get your, your day permit first, and then you take more classes in order if, to get your night permit if that's something you want to pursue. So it is a lot of work and effort, and I think, frankly, given our reservations and also given that it would be a very intensive 
uh, process and a, and a big lifestyle shift for us since we don't drive. It doesn't really feel worth it. And I think we kind of missed the boat anyway. We're already in our 20s. I know. I mean, you can do it at any time, but we're just not interested. I don't I don't foresee myself ever being interested. I guess never say never. I don't know. But like right now, I am good right now for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I tried to learn to drive right now, I would have a lot of like the bad habits people end up acquiring like when they didn't learn to drive at, more as a teenager, like the stop and go or yeah. sitting super close to the wheel. I'd sit super close to the wheel. That's what that's me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, same. No, definitely. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to also talk, like, go back, though, and talk about how we felt when we turned 16. Like, when you turned 16 and everyone around you was kind of getting their license and doing all that, how did that feel for you? Were you upset back then? Um, Not really. Uh, to be completely honest, I didn't really care that much. So <laughs> I, too. I, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So, um. I always knew that I wasn't going to be able to drive. Um, my parents kind of always made me aware of that, and it wasn't, like, a negative thing. Um, and I uh-huh. feel like you have some good things to say about that, too, actually, Case. Yeah, I I, um, I made a YouTube video when I, when I was 16, when I had just turned 16 and I couldn't drive, and I was, like, fine with it at the time, and I was kind of telling the parents in the video, I said, if you have young kids, you need to prepare them for the fact that, they, you know, young kids that are low vision, you need to prepare them for the fact that they might not be able to drive one day because <laughs> my parents prepared me and I'm fine. And I got a lot of people being upset with me in the comments saying, you, you can't predict the future, you don't know, they might be able to drive, and I agree with that I probably didn't word it the best way but I still I still kind of stand by that of like you want to at least kind of prepare them for the fact that they might not be able to drive because if they just like turn 16 one day and they're like oh wait I can't do this I've heard of that happening to people I've literally heard of that happening and that's devastating I was like told by the since I was young and when you're a five-year-old you don't care about driving when you're five so by the time so you're like prepared and then by the time it comes you're like oh yeah this wasn't for me anyway Right, right. And I, like, I was kind of in the same boat, so I definitely agree with you there, but I understand, like, not, I mean, we, again, we know low vision people that do drive with a bioptic, so it is possible, but for us, we just, we didn't, we also just didn't desire it anyway, but, um, I remember reading this article in uh, a magazine that was written by and for people with albinism, and I was pretty young at the time, but, like, they were, it was sort of a kind of poking fun at the fact that they couldn't drive, and uh, the author had said, like, oh, when I'm, like, rich and famous, I'm going to hire my driver, and I always loved Uh. that concept, and not that I ever thought I was going to be rich and famous, but more because I, I loved to know that there was another option. Like, it wasn't just drive or nothing which sometimes is how it feels growing up in the in the midwest in the u.s it's it's like such a Mm -hmm. rite of passage um and it's hard to get around without it quite frankly in some places and so yeah um but really i i just i didn't mind i i had what i needed at the time and i'm grateful for it like my parents could drive me my older brother would drive me sometimes and then at that point like friends were getting licenses yeah. It was really exciting when my friends were getting licenses because it fe- it did feel more independent when a friend was driving you around than, like, your parents, you know? That felt yeah. cool to me at that age. And, like, also on my 16th birthday, I've told this story before, but on my 16th birthday, I was joking with my mom. Like, I still want a car. I still expect a car. And she got me this pink Barbie car. And um, and I don't even think I have it anymore, which is actually really sad. I don't know Mama, where it you is. You sold your car! <laughs> I know. I sold my first car. Um, But you also did something kind of similar on your 16th birthday. Yeah. So when I turned 16, I still wanted like a license, quote unquote. And so my mom took me to the BMV, which is why we we call it the BMV here because we're weird. Yeah, that is so weird. It's not the department. It's the the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, Ohio. Yeah, right. I don't know what we do here. Anyway. My mom <laughs> took me to the BMV when I turned 16, and I got my state ID. And it was fun because it was just fun to show off 
my license, quote unquote, when everyone else was pulling out their licenses and joking about their bad pictures. And then I was like, oh, yeah, look at mine, whatever. Uh-huh. And people were like, oh, that's kind of cool looking because it was a different color. It just looked a little uh-huh. different. And they were like, oh, ooh, that's neat. And I still felt like I could contribute and participate without like feeling completely left out, which was fun. Yes, I have a question for you, though, because this is, for me, I think this is a rite of passage. Have you ever driven a car? And by that, I mean, like, in an empty parking lot, you go to an empty parking lot at night and you actually get behind the wheel and drive in the car. So, no, I have not. Um, I've driven, like, a golf (sighs) cart before. But, okay. Okay, so here's why. Uh, When I was of driving age, I was, like... I was going through a lot. Like, I was really sick in high school uh, with, like, chronic illness-related things. Um, Mentioned it in past episodes. Yeah, episode six. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, at the time that that would have happened, it just, like, didn't. But, um... Yeah. But, but, I will say, while planning this episode, I, like, went up to my dad, and I was like, Dad, I need to learn to drive. (laughs) Like, let me drive Ah! in a parking lot. He was like, okay. <laughs> yes. So I will well, update you when it happens. Oh my gosh, please update the whole pod, me and our listeners, when you do it. I feel like you need to do it. Like, I've driven also like a go kart before, like an amusement Ooh, yeah, park me or too. whatever. And I always felt like mature to be doing it. I was like, oh, I feel I'm driving. I'm behind the wheel. I feel so old, I know, which right? is so funny because I'm like 12 years past um, the driving, legal driving age, or even 13 years past a permit <laughs> age. But wait, when have you driven? I, yeah, I've driven, I have driven in a, like, an empty parking lot situation Um, a few (laughs) times. I've also driven on some, like, farmland just out in the middle of nowhere in my dad's pickup. And I've always felt Wait, you drove a pickup? Yes, yes. Holy girl, you're riding high. (laughs) Show notes, show notes pictures. I'm really short. My feet don't even touch the, (laughs) the brakes, like, at all. I, but have you ever thought that, like, you might need to know how to drive in case there's, like, a, a crazy emergency? Casey! Casey! I was just about to tell you this. So, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, when... I don't remember how old I was. I was I was in my later teens. Um, but I was in the car with my older brother, who's, like, three and a half years older than me-ish. And he just one day just told me, he's like, hey, okay, so I need to tell you... I don't know. I think this was just, like, spurred on by him. Like, no one told him to tell me this. I need to tell you, like, if the driver is incapacitated, Uh this is what Uh you have to Uh do. You have to, like, lift my foot off the pedal. You have to, yeah, and so it's, like, pass out for random, I don't know why. But um, you have to hit, like, the emergency lights, and then you try, I'm thinking, like, on a highway situation, Ah! and then you have to try and, like, go into the shoulder to the best that you can. I've had nightmares like that. In every car that I'm in, I'm always looking for the emergency lights just in case. I don't know where those are. I don't even, I don't... The little triangle oh, button. No, I don't even think I know which one's the gas and which one's the brake. Is the gas the right? <laughs> is that the right foot? Is the gas? I think it's. I the think right it's foot. the right I foot. Think. I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, okay. So cle- clearly, y'all, you need to stay tuned to the end to listen to our driver's <laughs> test that we're gonna take. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, if we're ready to move on from that segment, do you? Have, I mean, we could talk about. We talked about how we felt about it when we were 16. How do you feel about not driving now? Has your view changed since you were 16? Yeah, so I think what you were saying earlier, as an adult, it's a little bit harder. Um, I I live a pretty independent life. I, I live in a place that has transit, even though it's not stellar. Like, we have a bus, and I, I make good use of the bus. Um, I take a lot of Ubers and Lyfts. I kind of build that into my budget because kind of like people have to build in car expenses to their yeah. budgets. And for the most part, I'm really glad that I don't drive. There's a lot that we get to gleefully miss out on, like insurance payments, finding parking, finding gas, getting a car repair. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you never have to be the DD because you can't drive. And like, no. <laughs> I could be, though, if you listen lot... to our last episode. You know that I, That's funny. I could be the DD if I could drive. If you could drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but so that, you know, there's a lot of like pain to having a car and I'm sure like everyone with a car is like, yeah, I know it's kind of annoying, but, um, there are a lot of times where I feel like it's frustrating. Um, we were talking about this while we were planning and I feel like there's a handful of times a year where we have like a mini pity party for ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I think... My main struggle comes from feeling like a burden to a lot of people around me. And I know that's probably not the case and people probably don't mind, but it definitely those thoughts creep in, especially if if it is an inconvenience at the time or if multiple people tell you they can't take you and then you don't know what to do. And then I'm really grateful for Uber and Lyft. I am grateful that exists Mm -hmm. um, when you need it in a pinch. And, you know, those aren't always perfect either. And there is some safety concerns sometimes with that, too. But Yeah, I think overall I am happy with my choice. I don't see myself changing my mind anytime soon, probably ever. I really can't see it. And another thing we were talking about Mm -hmm. is like we are cane and guide dog users and those things benefit our lives a whole heck of a lot. And if we were to start bioptic driving, I think that would be like a conflict of interest. Like, I don't think you could like step out of your car after having driven somewhere with a guide dog. Um, or a cane or whatever. Um, I mean, I guess technically you could do it. Who cares what people think? Blah, blah, blah. But sure. it's kind of, you almost choose one or the other, and we have chosen that. We think that's a more bigger benefit in our lives. It is unfortunate, though, that driving is, like, such a thing. Driving is such a thing. Like, it's unfortunate yeah. that it, it is the root of most independence, and it sucks because it makes us feel like children. Like, my nephew, who's five thinks that I'm a lot younger than I am because I can't drive. And he's like, oh, well, one day you'll be big enough to drive, you know, and he doesn't get it. And I've tried to explain the low vision thing to him. He, he doesn't really get it. Um, but, but yeah, sorry, I'm blabbing on. I, but No, no. I, I think some of my biggest frustrations with not driving is, yeah, feeling like a burden. Financially, it's kind of a pain. Um, On days that I would have to run multiple errands at once, like getting my dog groomed, going to, like, get my hair done, regular things, going to do some groceries. There have been days that I've spent, like, $100 on lifts on just one day of normal errands. And it's really, it really adds up. And, like, I think on the whole, there are lots of different ways to get around besides Uber and Lyft, but it really adds up. And it's the other, co- the, the hidden cost of Uber and Lyft uh, is you never get privacy. There's yes. no, like, I'm going to hop in my own car. I'm going to turn on my on own music. music. I'm going to, right. yeah, there's always someone in the car. And sometimes that gets really uncomfortable and really awkward. And it's like, look, I'm paying for a ride to go somewhere, but this person is being, like, intrusive. They could deny me access with a guide dog, which is illegal, by the way, but, you know, it happens sometimes. Um, People just get really chatty. Honestly, I don't like a chatty driver. I just want to... I just want to go to the place that I need to go. Right. Like, and another thing... Another... Actually, I just thought of two more things. Another thing is, like, I love being on time places, and when you're relying on other people, no matter if it's a friend, a family member, an Uber... You were always relying yeah. on other people, and if you're late, that looks bad on you, but it's never your fault when you're not the one driving. That's annoying to me because I love being on time. And then another thing is, like, yeah, if you had your own car, I've known people in my life and my family and roommates and stuff who, when they need to, like, cool down and get away from everyone for a minute, they just mm-hmm. go in their car and they just drive and they listen to their music, and that does sound nice. And I think we have to find other ways to cool down, maybe going on a walk sure. or there are other ways But that was always something I thought, wow, I bet I would like that if I could drive of, like, just getting away. Yeah. And I think, like, of course, you know, there's plenty of things we could say about why not driving is difficult. I think another thing is, since I do take a lot, a decent amount of public transit, um, you have to plan your whole day around that. Truly. Like, you know, last week, last week, I went out for, like, dinner with a friend and I was going to get there by bus. The whole thing was going to take an hour. We had planned to meet at a certain time. I had to back mat from there. I had to take time to walk to the bus stop, which takes me about 20 minutes because it's not super close to me, but it's, like, not so far. 
Um, then I had to ride the bus, get off, walk further to get to my destination. Um, and so it, the whole thing took an extra hour, whereas, like, people could get in their cars and get there in 20 minutes. Yeah. And so, like, I had planned my whole day around that, knowing that I was going to take the bus. And sure, I could have called an Uber, but the bus cost two bucks. Right. And an Uber would have cost, like, 20. Right. So, you know, I don't... T- you know, there are certain restrictions I, I give myself with the bus. Like, I don't take it super late at night. Um, and there are, like, there's always bus people. Man, I love ah, bus people. I could do a whole episode a bus about people, bus people. Yes. <laughs> I think, and I don't, you know, I bet there are some people listening right now who might not even have the option of using a bioptic. And, like, they might be completely blind or just worse vision than us or just live in a different country. Or they might just not have that option of using a bioptic. And they might think, wow, you know, these people have the option and they're not... They're not taking it or they're no. complaining about it. We're not trying to complain. Like, this is our choice that we've chosen. Um, I think even with the bioptic, our driving would be really limited. We wouldn't be able to drive on the interstate or other things like that, probably. I I, I definitely think we know our vision better than anyone else, even better than the doctor. I think we have mm-hmm. the ability so, to too. look at what driving is all about and say, that ain't for me. And my low vision specialist did tell me, like, you don't just get on the road with a bioptic. You would take a lot of classes and a lot of training with the bioptic. And I fully understand that I do, but I know how I see as a passenger in the car, even with a bioptic on. And it is not, it's not worth it. I know. Yeah. It would be really, really hard. I think even owning a car maybe wouldn't be as worth it even for us just because of the amount of times we'd use it probably wouldn't be that many. Right. Um, It'd mostly be, like, if we were really in a pinch or something. Um, I, it's it's difficult. And, like, by us kind of voicing our, our frustrations with this, like, we're kind of being a little bit vulnerable. But also understand that there are other people that are almost fully able-bodied and also choose not to drive there are some, for yeah. different reasons. Uh-huh. Like, some people find driving really anxiety producing like it's very difficult Uh and it's very stressful so I completely understand why some people choose not to drive that way um but it is it is a harder choice to make and like Casey said there's a lot of independence that's tied to it so it's not like we're making our lives any easier by making this choice oh no like yeah if we didn't think this was the right choice we wouldn't be making it we want to be able to drive like at the end of the day we want to be able to go where we want to go alone when we want to go so like it's not an easy choice we've made but we think it's the smartest choice for us and that's I think even our mm-hmm. even our fully sighted friends listening might think, why wouldn't they take that opportunity? But it's just so much goes into it, and it's hard to it's one of those things that's hard to explain unless you you are us. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's not it's really complicated and complex, and it's not something we can describe in an hour podcast to you exactly. But we try our best. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, first, I really wanted to ask. Have you, what other things have you driven? Can you ride a bike? I cannot ride a bike. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> did I, you ever learn or did you, uh, did you like, just tried. not work out? <laughs> I tried to learn. <laughs> um, I don't think that's a blind problem. I think that's a Casey problem. Here's, okay, I have this trifecta, okay? I'm blind. <laughs> I have inner ear issues. I've had about six ear surgeries in my life. So my balance is crap. And I'm just not coordinated. And I'm I'm timid and kind of afraid of things. Though that's not a trifecta. That's a four. <laughs> that's a quartet of of problems. That's a quartet. That's a quartet of like me not riding a bike. That's why I I never did it. And I I'm not gonna learn now. Like what do they say about teaching an old no. person a new trick? Nope. I'd break a leg. Do you ride bikes, Cass? <laughs> So I learned how to ride a bike, and I can ride a bike, but I should not ride a bike for (laughs) anybody's safety. Um, So I learned when I was a kid, because, like, obviously, I was was a daredevil kid, so, of course, like, I wanted to learn how to ride a bike. Um, My parents, obviously, just for everyone who's concerned, they're like, oh, my God, they put a blind girl on a bike. (laughs) I know. I mean, Um, a lot of blind people ride. Exactly. And I also understand, like, um, my parents were there the whole time, and I 
I live in, in a cul-de-sac, so, like, I literally was only allowed to ride in the cul-de-sac, so, you oh, know, yeah. it was very controlled environment, but even so, it was really hard, um, and, yeah, like, Kay said, like, I mean, not even withstanding your, your inner ear issues, but generally, as people who have, like, limited vision, we don't have good balance anyway, so it's already sort of hard enough to ride a bike, but I have vivid memories of, like, it just, I, my, by the time my eyes register that they've seen something to tell my brain that they see something, um, if I'm going, like, a decent speed, it is not fast enough. So there, I have memories of running into my neighbor's mailbox or crash landing in the grass because I didn't want to run into my neighbor's mailbox. Oh no, oh no. So it's it's really tough, and it and that those memories alone show me like I don't think I'd want to drive. Like <laughs> it was fun riding a bike, and I I would tandem bike with someone. I think that that's pretty cool. But I I I, I think biking in a in a commuting sense is actually really scary and all, all, honestly a little dangerous. Yeah. But like obviously bikers can see well and they they yes. know what they're capable of and and they're probably good at riding bikes and uh, are not yeah like I I would love to do a tandem bike I went to the beach with my family and they had those trails and bike rentals and I rented and uh, okay get ready everyone an adult tricycle um which was literally like an adult size bike and it had a real like bike seat and everything but it had like two wheels in the back and it was fun um that's I yeah, I don't have the, like, need to ride a bike. But I feel like whenever we talk about childhood, I really sound like a stick-in-the-mud kid. And I really, like, hate that. That I... No! I come off that way, though. I really do. Like, I had a life. I had a really fun life. I went out and I went to the lake with my friends and I ran around the woods and I did crazy stuff with my friends. I wasn't, like, always inside, like, with a bubble around me. Like, I just am not... I've never been athletic. I've never been into any kind of sport or physical stuff like that. I'm not good at it. I always did the arts and I like art. And so that's what I did. That's so funny because I feel like every time we talk about childhood, I sound like like this insane <laughs> kid who had like no boundaries and just did all kinds of like nutty stuff it's just cause we were, that I shouldn't have been We doing. were so opposite that we like, it seems like, I think people make these caricatures in our, their head of us of these extremes. Like I'm like this little like angel who never did anything and you're like this crazy. And I'm just Jumping off a cliff, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you're cliff diving at age four. I mean, it's like insane. No, no, um, that's not the case. Uh, we were we were probably even more similar than we think. I think we would have maybe gotten along as kids. I don't know. We get along now. <laughs> I think a lot of my friends were more cautious, and I think like I both scared and excited them a little bit. Yeah. And so well, every- I, I remember during this. During this bike riding story, actually, so I had a a neighbor who lived across the street, and she was more timid, but she was always really encouraging. Uh She was like, you can do it! Well, every timid person needs, like, a person to push them, and every adventurous person needs a voice of reason to stop them. Yeah. And that was actually how me and my best friend growing up were. I'm still best friends with her today, and she... Um, was very much a tree climbing daredevil doing everything. And I was always just like supporting, but also being like, be careful, my friend. So. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) So, um, like, what, how do you feel that other people perceive you for not driving? Yeah, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but kind of that I'm like immature or young. I feel like when I go places with my mom like let's say my mom is driving me to like the store and we go in together I feel like people think I'm a teenager because I'm going places with my mom yeah and I mean you know people can go places with their mom in all until old age if they wanted to you know but I I still think it makes us look younger to the world and yeah that kind of annoys me because I also look young as is anyway and so it's always kind of annoyed me when people think I'm a teenager and I think the driving thing has to do with it what do you think I I always thought that like it makes me seem needy yeah um or or you know like we were saying earlier like a bit burdensome because I really do not like having to ask for a ride I will um, I hate it. I hate having to ask I hate having to ask for a ride it's just it is really uncomfortable because you know, when we've, I think we've mentioned this on another episode before, but like when someone sort of responds like, um, yeah, I think I can do it. Oh, you know, I hate like that. 
it makes you feel like even worse or like when it's late at night and you like I've had this happen where it's been late at night and I take an Uber home it would legit cost $80 and I can't do that and so I have to almost beg someone like please take me home like I, I can't afford to pay this like yeah and it just it's like a little bit difficult I think it yeah it makes you seem young um I think my neighbors think like I'm like very much a baby because I don't drive but on the bright side I rented them one of my parking spots and they do my nails for free <laughs> blind park <laughs> blind park blind park not using that parking spot Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and so, not to go on too big of a rant here, but um, the our country wasn't built for people who don't drive. I read this whole article from The Atlantic about it, and if you've read anything from The Atlantic, you know it's probably going to take, like, 20 ah. minutes at least. But I'll try and, and summarize it by saying that with different laws and roundabout ways drivers are protected and even like given advantages whereas like pedestrians and even alternative commuters like bike you know cyclists or things like that like they don't we don't receive any sort of easements people can get tax breaks for driving hybrid cars but we don't get any sort of benefit for you know not driving a car at all Mm -hmm. you know there are there are even more protections for drivers when they unfortunately hit and and possibly kill someone there's a whole other tier of of murder called vehicular manslaughter that you know lets drivers get off easy even if they were in the wrong and ran a red light when they shouldn't have you know hardly are charged with criminal charges and so it really puts us the pedestrians in a really scary spot and it's unfortunate and you know, there are countries that have it worse, and I'm glad that there are small pockets of transit. But I would love to see much more mass transit options for people like us. I think that, um, you know, it's getting more common and more advocated for, especially because it is ultimately greener, having less drivers on the road. Yes. But, like, it, it does force us to have to live in certain confines. Like, when we look for jobs, we have to be in a place that we know that we can get around. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that goes with it. If you want to read the article, it's really fascinating read. We will put it in the show notes, as always. But, you know, just that, all that being said is, like, it makes it hard not to drive. But, hey... Here we are, and there are lots of ways to get around, more than there ever were. Yes. And I'm happy, and I'm excited for maybe a time where self-driving cars Self-driving cars, or uh, people should look up, I think it's called the 15-Minute City, where there are, like, some oh, cities yes. where you can get to everywhere in 15 minutes by wa- by walking, which, I mean, sounds yes. like my utopia. Me and you need to move there to- together and be roomies. Oh, my gosh. Can you I imagine? Know. We would. We would be roomies in that city. That would be so fun. That would be um, incredible. Okay. So, yeah, we'll leave all those links in the show notes. But now, what you've all been waiting for, the game! The game! Okay, y'all, we have not looked at this at all, so I'm hoping it's like a good website. Um, and we are going to take a driving test and see how we do. Should we just each read, go back and forth reading this? We're sure. doing this on goodhousekeeping.com. Okay, so a- yeah. Okay. Okay, mine is like do you glitching. Start? Okay. Yes. How many feet must you signal before making a turn? 50 or 100? I have no idea. Uh. (laughs) I feel like I would do terribly with even more simple questions than this. So this is what's so funny. I don't know. 50? I don't know. Yeah. Let's do that. 50. Oh. The answer is 100. (laughs) Okay. 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 What should you do when you get to a flashing yellow light? Should you... Oh, sorry. You were going to read the next question. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. The the two responses to that one are either come to a stop or proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. That's got to be... Light. It's got to be proceed with caution, right? Right. Because yellow means slow down, yeah, right? right. Okay. We were right. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding. How far should you drive behind a truck? It doesn't matter... Or at least 30 feet. I would definitely say at least 30 feet. I feel feet. like... 
I feel like the first answer doesn't actually make sense. Well, so. the re- I do know this because if a car like stops suddenly in front of you on the interstate, you don't want to be right behind them or you'll crash into them. Oh, yay. Right. Or like if the truck, um, I'm, I'm imagining like if like the truck cargo derails, oh, like you want to have time to be able to You move. sure do. Okay. The light changes from green to yellow as you approach an intersection. You should slow to a stop or speed up to clear the intersection. Um, slow to a stop. I feel like that's the answer. I feel like most people would, would just, just like speed blow through it. We're actually not doing too bad on this. Hey, this one isn't so hard. This one is actually pretty easy. The first question was really hard and it threw me off. Um, when you hear a siren or see an emergency vehicle, you should pull over to a stop or slow down and let it let it by. Definitely. Oh, you have to pull oh, over. Oh, I was going to say definitely slow down and let it by. You have to pull over? I, yeah, you have to stop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. You can't be, like, you can't be moving at all, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Like, I think you, like, completely. You have to complete. You're right. It yeah. did say that that's the right answer. I would have totally said to just slow down and let it pass. Hmm. Yeah, I think the reason is, like, if you're, like, in the middle of a turn and you're trying to still make the turn, like, you could really throw off the ambulance. But I'm not super sure. Who knows? We don't know anything about driving. We're doing our very best. We're making some, like, educated guesses here. What's the right way to enter? Oh, I don't know this. A highway from an entrance ramp. Accelerate to blend into traffic or stop until it's safe to enter. I want to say accelerate. I think that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah, we're right. You don't want to stop. Okay, yeah, because if I'm, you stop, you'll cause I a wreck. I feel like if you stop in that situation, yeah. Yeah, no, you got to accelerate. We're, you guys, wow. we're good at this. We should drive, Cass. I'm changing my mind on everything. Okay. I think so, too. Oh, gosh, too. here we go. When entering a roundabout, you should <laughs> yield to uncom- oncoming traffic or merge quickly since you have the right of way. Oh, gosh. Entering, I think. What is a roundabout? (laughs) Wait, have you never seen one of those? Um, It's like those big circular things with lots of exits. Sure. I don't know. What do you think? Yield or merge? Um, Quickly. I think you have to. I think you have to yield so that because like cars can be like turning in the circle in front of you. You have the right way though. Okay, let's say yield. Oh, we were right. Look at us. Ooh, girl. See, I think a lot of this is because, like, I don't know. Are you... Okay, this leads to another thing that I feel like may be worth talking about. Uh, are you a very observant no. passenger for the most no, part? No, not really. Really? I'm observant with driving rules. I'm not observant with, like, where we are going. Like... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so would you, wait, would you say you're a good navigator, though? If I'm, this is the weird thing. If I'm in New York City or in a theme park or I'm on, I'm on foot, I am. If I'm in a car, heck no. I have no idea where we are. Because it's like. That makes a lot of sense, If I'm though. the one having to navigate, yes. But anyway. That's what about the, you? Are okay, you? Are okay, you? Okay. I need to ask you that. I think I'm actually a really good navigator. Oh, yeah, um, I think you are, too. I, I need that answer. Yeah. Thanks. Um, no, I, I just, I don't know. I I think it's a lot of intuition in terms of, like, where things should be uh, and, and what happens. I, I do, I mean, I'm not always paying attention in the car, but I do, like, sometimes try to pay attention to what's going on. I feel like I mostly pay attention when I'm, like, talking to the driver and then they, like, they they're like hang on and I'm like what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um all right I think you're next with the question is it yeah. my turn okay which headlights do you use in inclement weather low beams or high beams high right no I feel like that's high, a trick right? question I feel like it would be low because if it's high it'll like blind everybody and then I feel like that's true I feel I don't know I. It's low. But you want to cut through the rain, right? The question is Oh, low. no. I was wrong. I would blind it everybody reflects off. It reflects off the rain, apparently. <laughs> okay. To maintain a safe following distance, which rule should you follow? The two-second rule? The three-second rule? What does that even What's mean? What's a second? 
What does that mean? <laughs> what's the second rule? Yeah, what's the second rule? And what do they mean following distance? Like when you're following someone to a restaurant or something? I don't know. It's only the difference in the answers is two seconds and three seconds. That's only a one second difference. I wouldn't think it matters. This is why driving is so precise. Okay, what? <laughs> you guys. Um, um, th- I'm going to say three. three. Let's say three. Let's say three. We were right. Look at us. What does that actually mean? I have um, no idea. So the three seconds. Yeah. So I'm trying to read this answer it's here. Staying at least three seconds behind three the three full seconds. That's literally a one oh. second difference. Okay, whatever. I guess it's like it. The I think the weird. That sounds so weird. Why wouldn't they do it in like terms of distance? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I think it's wait. Think oh it's yeah, easier. a cyclist. A cyclist on the road raises his hand. Or raises his left arm. He's telling you, pass him on the left. He's about to turn right. Oh, I don't pass know. Pass him on the left, I want to say. I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah, that seems... Oh, oh no, he's going to turn right. <laughs> oh, no. Was that the last question? Oh, no. I think that was the last question. I didn't get a score, did you? Did, oh, I did not... Maybe this is not a scored quiz, but hey, I think we did pretty good. Okay, so I think we did really, I think we're ready to drive. Like, I think I'm going to get behind a wheel I today. I think so, Like, too. literally t- tonight. I'm going to leave in a car yeah. and never return. Yeah, you're going to drive back, pick up Rupert, and just drive off into the sunset. Oh, gosh, I almost just did my dog voice. I got I did, I literally did it. I've got to edit it out. You know why? Why is that case? I think it's because we don't have a hundred reviews yet. I think it's because, like, what a perfect segue to tell people to review because I literally (laughs) did the voice and I'm going to have to edit it out. So, yes, please rate and review if you like what you heard. Please, please, please. We would love it. And if you're like, what? The voice? What? We promised you guys that if we get to 100 reviews, we would get to hear the voice that Casey uses to talk to her dog, which is truly a treat. Honestly, it's very special. Um, so it is kind of hard to promote a podcast, and we like we really appreciate everybody sharing on, our, on their stories when we have a new episode out or when we post a quote from a previous episode. So, like... It would be it would mean a whole lot to us if you would write a review on Apple Podcasts and t- tell the world how much you love Rare with Flair. Yes, yes, please. We love you all so much. Have a great day. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.